Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. We're back. It's Hello. here. It's Friday. We are coming at you live from, you know, the podcast Indiana. area, the location. Indiana, yeah. But uh, we're here. We're alive. Uh, we did not get taken out after last week's episode yet. Yeah. Maybe because we not didn't, yet. I don't know, we didn't do enough, like, personal attacks. You How know? many names were dropped? Four. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not even, like, in-depth, you know? They're just trying to blend in. Either way, we're here. We got Mitch here in the studio. It's him. Sitting here with a plate on his lap, eating a snack. Yep. He's having a good time. How's it going, everyone? This is going to be a good show. Mm, it will be. Yeah. Because yep. what we're going to do today, for, you know, we like transparency here at this show. We like the consumer to know what's going on in the mind of the the cultivator, if you will. That's it. See, is that I us? Plan is that. that us? That was cultivator. It's just perfect. Are we it cultivators? What are we cultivating? Knowledge. I don't know. Ears. Words, perhaps stories. Cultivating I don't know. the airspace and the vibrations within. We're doing a lot, but we decided. Think of think back to last week and the horribleness. It wasn't good at all. No, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get better from here. It remains to be. Bad. So we decided that a good little, uh, I don't even know, a proper segue into more aggressive things would be to give you some more background information on why this event is called what it's called, the people involved, and other things of that nature that yeah. we didn't cover last week. It's kind of weird how this story kind of is ending up having to be told because there's so much, Yeah, you know, and, and, and you kind of have to kind of take a sec and be like all right let's just iron out like this guy is this guy he did this you know we, no, got, exactly. we gotta figure it out and it's like we're gonna do it together it's easy to blow past like the people involved just to yeah. get to the stories Cause there's so many people involved but it, it i don't know it's good to take a step back i think and kind of assess everything that's happening and like why yeah so i think a good place to start would be why is it called the franklin cover-up okay yeah and it might have been briefly touched on last week, but it's because this all started with the Franklin Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska. It's true. Now, what had happened was 
the Franklin Credit Union uh, was not audited for four years, and upwards of $40 million were just unaccounted for in the credit union. Isn't that crazy? And this is what started the initial investigation. And just a little background, the Franklin Credit Union was created in the 60s, and it was in place in Omaha, Nebraska, for the sole purpose of being able to provide uh, financial assistance to the poorer communities that were down there. So it started off with a wholesome, you know, altruistic yeah. uh, sites. Uh... But ultimately, as we know, that's not what happened. But in the 80s, uh, Lawrence E. King was the general manager of the Franklin Credit Union. And that might be a name you heard us throughout last week. We'll We'll get to him here in a minute. Yeah. But... Anyways, this all started because a paper trail was needed on the Franklin Credit Union to kind of figure out where this money had just disappeared to. Yeah. And it all started because uh, Lawrence King, the general manager, uh, he had a pretty meager salary. I mean, he, he, was, you know, he was a general manager of a credit union. But he made seventeen grand a year yeah. on paper. On that, uh, and then he was a, a high, or not, I guess not a high ranking, but a fast, a fast climber in the GOP, in the Republican Party. And it, it, people kind of caught on when he was, he was living very lavish. I mean, for a household that was bringing in roughly 40000 a year combined with him and the wife, they were driving luxury cars, they had chandeliers, they had expensive jewelry, like multi-carat rings and all it's this insane. fancy shit. Dude, some of the actual like numbers of what he would spend like month to month, they actually have it. It's like a million dollars on American Express bills, uh $148,000 to old market limousines. Damn. Uh $70,000 to uh floral floral concepts, right? So flowers. He's spending that much on flowers. $61,000 to Mastercard. Uh, $39,000 to Citibank, $37,000 to himself, and $27,000 to Omaha Jewelry, and so yeah. on. There's more. Yeah, so this was just, uh, keep in mind, this is not a yearly bill. This is monthly. This yeah. is a monthly and bill. And he's like, he doesn't seem too stressed. And th- when this was kind of brought to the attention of the auditors and the IRS, they decided maybe we need to look into this guy. Maybe we need to figure out. What exactly is happening with feel his like manager? He's, he's probably not claiming everything coming through his way. Right. So you got to think here. I'll give you a little background. Lawrence E. King Jr., or Larry King for our purposes, right? Multi-million dollar businessman uh, and arguably con man. That's Some people say that, but he was a businessman. Yeah. Uh, he was a, a rising star in uh, the GOP, as I just said. And he campaigned and hosted many events for his, what he says was his good friend, George Bush. There we go. Um, He's sang the national anthem at the Republican National Convention for two years. Yep. Uh, Good voice, not going to deny that. The actual audio is, he has a good voice. I mean, you can't take that, he's a monster, but you can't take that away from him. Um, But... His name started to get some circulation, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to go too in-depth on these names in this episode, but there are a couple key people uh, 
that are involved in that, and that would be uh, Rusty Nelson. Yeah, he the, was one of the victims. The uh, blonde-haired uh, photographer. Mm-hmm. Then we got Paul Benassi. He's a big one. Uh, you might have even seen some of his like interviews on YouTube uh, before you mm-hmm. knew about this. Yeah. But he's a big one. Uh, Troy Bonner or Boner. Actually, I've heard them say both things. I I've been reading it as Boner, but I mean, I'll tell I you this: know. I watched the interview, and the guy interviewing him called him Troy Boner, and he like responded without like being like, "No, well, fuck with you. a name like that, you kind of go through life like it's no one's ever gonna not think it." Yeah, you pretty know? much. But it is spelled B O N E R. It's just Boner. That's what it is. Um, and then there's another key uh, witness, uh, Alicia Owens. And these are names that yeah. we – the reason I'm mentioning it here is, again, uh, we want you to be familiar with some of these individuals before we just start throwing their name out there like you know who they are, you know. And um, they all had accused Larry King of deviant sexual pedophilic acts, uh, even – Murder and possibly satanic ritual. Yeah. Also a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs involved with Mm -hmm. Mr. Larry King. Yeah, they... I mean, this goes all the way to the Iran-Contra. I mean, he has ties to that. It's insane. Yeah. It it goes so deep that we're... Again, we're kind of having a tough time, like, dissecting it all because we want to give you all of the information, but at the same time, a lot of it is pretty wild i mean even omaha nebraska in the early 80s um needless to say it was a very crime friendly city uh even the surrounding smaller towns they were run by people that had ties to organized crime things like that syndicates and whatnot so it was i mean i think it's pretty fair to say that it was it was a crime town. That's like where a lot of money came from, and people yeah. looked the other way. A lot of people thought, like, uh, if if they're not in Omaha or jail, like they they're kept, dead. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you can't find someone, they're either there or jail or dead. Pretty much. And I mean, so this is a cycle that you know happened more than once. Maybe not on this grand scale, but Larry King, he had ties to. People all over, not only in Nebraska, but even in D.C. itself. I mean, he was seen at, you know, parties with the Senate, uh, Congress people, uh, the president, George Bush. I mean, he he had a very far reach, you know. And I think part of that is the reason it was covered up. More so because I think it's more damaging to the individuals that he has connections to than himself and that's one of the cruxes of this whole thing is just people he's connected to and he has something over them by having these parties and photography uh, going on during them yeah exactly and i want to i kind of want to go back to this corruption here for a minute because if you remember from last week one of the abuse victims uh loretta smith yeah uh so all of this came to a head in uh June of 88. That was when Loretta made her official statement to the medical staff and to, uh, I guess, what you would call like the Child Protective Services agent. Yeah. Um, they have a different... I always fuck up the name because I'm just not used to it. Uh, what is it? 
I don't know. It's like DCS or something. DSS, Department of Social Security. Services. Social or Service yeah. Security. She made her thing. For uh, children. The woman's name was Carol Stilt. That was like yeah. her personal like case manager. And uh, she made the claim in June of 1988. And uh, the first investigation uh, was not held until December 19th of 88. And that was by the Attorney General in Nebraska. Um, Quite a long time. So, first off, that opens the door to be a little bit skeptical that this girl makes these wildly insane claims, uh, and for six to seven months, they're not even looked at by anyone. Yeah. Um, and in that time, Carol still, uh, Carol Stitt. Sorry, not Stilt. Sorry. St- Wait, what is it? I think it's Stilt. Is it Stilt or I think Stitt? It, I think it's Stilt. Either way, I'm calling her stealth. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but Carol, yeah, that's all. Carol. Carol. Uh, Carol was still working with her. Uh, Loretta was going to tons and tons and tons of therapy and talking to other people and trying to kind of get past all this. And uh, when pretty much she was getting questioned by the media, by individuals, um, Loretta's family even says the FBI and the CIA were snooping around asking questions. Uh, even sending threats. So Carol uh, wants to get a protective order for Loretta because she's like, you know, we just we just want to cover all our bases here, you know. Yeah. And why why take the risk? So finally, they grant her the protective order. Okay, but the protective order was only signed if they could put that Loretta Smith was a suicidal patient. Now Carol fought this like crazy, and so did Loretta. Because she wasn't suicidal. They often had talks about that. And she was in therapy. She was doing better mentally. And they asked her, you know... I mean, they're the professionals. They figured out that she was not a suicidal girl. Yeah. Eventually, she was put in there under the pretenses of that. But, yeah, she never had those feelings before. But her clause uh, was only granted if that was allowed to be an addendum on the clause. So, Carol went and fought this. And was pretty much met with with whoever she asked. The answer was always pretty much like our hands are tied. Like you either yeah. get this protective order with this or you don't get it. Like that's mm. just what it is. And at the time, I think, I mean, Loretta, I mean, she was too young, I think, to understand. Carol, it, it takes a lot of hindsight to look at it. But when you're looking at the grand scheme of this being a cover-up, that's like step one. You discredit the witness. Yeah. And I bring that up again because that's something that's going to continue to happen throughout this story to every person I just mentioned to you, to Paul Benassi, Rusty Nelson, Troy Bonner. They're all going to be discredited in some way to make their testimony less viable in any state. It's disgusting. Yeah. And pretty much that's where we get the name of the cover-up. That's where it comes from, because it's... It might be hard to grasp, but this does have, like, very far-reaching potential, and a lot of people are involved that deny or hide the truth because of what might come out of it. Yeah. So, with all this being said, now you know why it's called the Franklin Cover-Up. Franklin Credit Union. Yes. Now... The one thing I want to touch on a little bit, this is just for our take on it. They mention a lot of these witnesses, and we'll get into that 
probably a little bit later in this episode, uh, the Satanism aspect. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want, I want this to be understood here, is that there are a lot of elements to the name Satanism. I mean, it encompasses a crazy amount of beliefs, and a lot of times this is something that they equate human sacrifice to. And I'm not necessarily certain if it's always like a satanic sacrifice or if it's just like a hobby of these people, these like powerful people, I don't know. I don't know, man. But they throw that word around a lot, and it comes from, again, I mean, you remember Loretta Smith's case from last week, the sacrificing of children, the torture, it's like that. Yeah. It can be misconstrued as Satanism or Perhaps it is Satanism. You know, we don't know. I don't know. It's it was just about like the draining of energy of those weaker than you. It, yeah, you know, trying to impose that on them all at the same time, using them for it. It's weird, and I'm going to bring this up now only because this is one of those things that I think will sidetrack us. What's what's when what's this? we get to it? And I think it's I'm going to bring it up now because it relates to this thing I watched. And that is the involvement of Hunter S. Thompson in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Hunter S. Thompson, journalist, author, you know, all around goofball, crazy Gonzo guy. journalism, that kind of thing. Um, his involvement in this, uh, there's specific times where he was mentioned by certain individuals. Um, typically not the victims, more so just when things came up in court, he was mentioned he... There are paper trails with his name on it, receipts to and from Larry King, uh, between Hunter S. Thompson and Larry King. Mm-hmm. And the story pretty much goes that Hunter S. Thompson was the cameraman for a lot of snuff films. And Paul Benassi, uh, I, I mean, realist, it's kind of funny, like, we're going through this, like, each of these victims could pretty much warrant their own episode. Like, with the shit yeah. that they just talk about, it's like they could take up a whole episode. Dude, a, lo- a lot of the witnesses actually took video, like, interviews of their experiences. Some mm-hmm. of them lasted up to 11 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Paul Benassi mentions that um, another thing that we'll touch on today is uh, Paul Benassi mentions that he was flown out to Bohemian Grove uh, for the week retreat, or the two-week retreat, sorry. Mm-hmm. And while he was there, Hunter S. Thompson was filming various snuff films. And there was a boy in a cage, uh, about 10 years old, that was wheeled out and tortured and mutilated. And then upon uh, the little boy dying, Paul Benassi uh, was forced to have sex with the dead body of this child while Hunter S. Thompson filmed it. And... I know that's hard to digest, and a lot of people are not going to like that because, I mean, hey, I'm a fan well, of I don't fear think and loathing likes as that. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there, we'll kind of connect him with the paper trail in later episodes. But there is evidence to support his potential involvement or at least yeah. awareness of the situation. A lot comes out of the paper trail, man. That was and, a smoking gun. Yeah. The paper trail. No, it was. And... I bring this up because there is a documentary, and let me hold on. Let me double check this right now because I don't want to fuck this which, up. Uh, yeah, which one? I watched it, and it was really fucking cool. It's on YouTube. Uh, give me 
14 seconds it's here. falling apart. Um, I just Googled it. I want to see if this is what I'm looking for. Uh, come on. Internet is uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm uh, stalling here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I dropped my phone and got sidetracked. No, I. this is not what it's called. Let me look it up. Um, so it's a movie, right? Well, it's a it's movie a, on YouTube? Yes, it's a, a documentary. Movie? I'm trying to... It, I thought it was called Out of Darkness, but it's not. So let From me... From Darkness in... Out of... Darkness. So let me, I have it on my YouTube because I just watched it uh, yesterday. And uh, if, if you don't believe me, the reason I don't know the name of it is because it never actually came out. <laughs> Uh, it what? was a canceled documentary. <laughs> Did you just have a bad dream or something? No, I here. Wait, let me do do do. Um, I just let's see. Conspiracy of silence. Sorry, <laughs> that took me like so long. Darkness or light or into anything. That took. Me, I'm so sorry, guys. Conspiracy of silence was the name, and it's nice. on YouTube. Now you have to realize it's a very raw documentary because. The story behind it is funny in and of itself. It was commissioned by the Discovery Channel uh, to be a documentary. And the crew was given a half a million dollar budget. Jesus. And they were told to go out and interview people, pretty much get to the bottom of this Franklin cover-up story. So they get it all filmed. They line up all the interviews. They get everything. Discovery Channel pulls the funding. And they pay them the one and a half, or the, not one and a half, sorry, the half a million dollars. And they say... It's not going to happen. We're not going to publish it. Uh, so it doesn't come out. Uh, there's fights between other places that want to buy it. It just does not get released. Yeah. Um, the very, very rough edit of it was sent to John DeCamp in 1995, a year after it was supposed to air. And ever since then, it they, they kind of mentioned it in the film that it's kind of turned into like an internet phenomenon. Where it's like no one knows how it got leaked, but the documentary is viewable. Uh, it's all on YouTube. It's about an hour long. Um, and they really, they kind of cut through all the bullshit and just tell you the legal aspects of everything in this case. Yeah. And they, I don't know, I, the reason I bring up Hunter S. Thompson is because he's in the book. Uh, he's mentioned by name in the book. But they also felt that it was prominent enough to include him in the documentary. So he's mentioned in there as well. And I thought that was big because maybe it was a product of the times. You know, it was the mid-90s. And they wanted, you know, a big name attracted to this title. But either way, it was. it's interesting yeah, that they bring him up. You I know? think it, it may... Could it possibly have something to do with the fact that he is one of the only ties to Hollywood... It could like be. involved in this story, really, because most of it is just people of power in like politics, whether it be on a grander scale or a smaller one. But this guy mm -hmm. is kind of just like, all right, he's a journalist, but he's like he's more of a celebrity, and like yeah, that, you know, like yeah, he had that fame, like the status behind him. He's yeah. hanging out with fucking Johnny Depp. His like his his worth is his reputation. You know, it's yeah. not like his role. And it, it, this documentary, I'm telling you, it's really good. Um, we're again. I mean, we're gonna get into like the nitty gritty violent acts. Um, if you yeah, believe if it or you not, aren't it's interested in insane. that, more if, so. If that's something that you're not uh, uh, privy to or jiggy with, 
Uh, I don't think any of us are jiggy with this grant. Um, but I would recommend uh, Conspiracy of Silence because it it kind of avoids all that. It in, it insinuates it and it tells you every some dirty details. Yeah, yeah. But it avoids the more like heinous acts and just kind of implies what's going on. And it really sticks to like the law, things like that, yeah. and the actual paper trail and the people that are involved. Mm-hmm. But uh, you really do have to be aware. It's kind of alarming. Uh, the quality is terrible. Uh, the sound is... It's alarming? The sound is not good, and there's a lot of scenes where it literally, like, you can kind of tell it's a rough edit because it just is a black screen that says, like, insert clip here. What? Like, it's Are just, you like, empty. Me? Yeah, because they were probably, like, getting B-roll or something. They just didn't add it. And, like, they were shut down before they finished it. So it's not, it's not like, a beautifully put-together documentary. It's it's rough. It's a rough edit. They you know? tough, man. Half a million. But it, these things, the reason I bring all this up is that that is, it's suspect in and of itself that this documentary was supposed to come out in the United Kingdom. And it was completely shut down. It was and red-lighted. Like or not whatever. allowed to be published. And the only reason they came to the light is because John DeCamp was doing all of this, writing the book, taking all of this time to do it, and he received a copy of it. And then from there, I mean, they don't really know. I don't think he ever said if he released it, but somebody got a hold of it. Or maybe, you know, the person that sent him a copy put it out or something. No one knows. But all of this is connected. So the money... Franklin Credit Union is missing $40 million. Larry King. That somehow connects you to fucking Hunter S. Thompson. But it does. And it took a long time for them to get there. And the actual committee that was looking into this, again, was suspect. Because John DeCamp's view of it was that it was never treated fairly from the beginning. And if the claims are true, that these high-ranking members of society, I mean... School superintendents, uh, sheriffs of police departments, doctors, nurses, librarians, janitors. Everyone is somehow involved in this scheme. And it's terrifying. How can we even trust the actual committee diving into it, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a painstaking process that sadly never ended. Uh, even to this day, it's still something that's never been fully resolved. Yep. Um. It kind of just lives on in the book alone. Yeah. Almost. Um, now, a, a little bit of good news. Uh, this, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead, but at the same time, it's there's going to be so much meat in between these two breads right here that it's not going to matter. <laughs> in between these two breads. Um, eventually, I mean, we'll cover the case uh, near the end of the series. But Larry King uh, does uh, get found guilty of fraud, never of anything else. And as of right now, uh, well, this is 2015, so I can't say right now. But in 2015, he was selling used cars at a car lot, and he is in the phone book and on Facebook. Isn't he in uh, South Carolina? Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard from him. Or, not like, <laughs> oh, I know the guy. I haven't gotten his daily call. I haven't heard any, like, update about him, but I know yeah. in, they say, like, in 2015, they he was spotted as, like, a used car salesman. Jesus. Um, And again, yeah, like, we'll get into the actual court case, like, near the end once we give you all the evidence. Yeah. 
But let's just say the court case is so insane that it doesn't matter that we just told you no, what happens. No, hundred percent. That's how insane it's going to be. Yeah. So we covered a little bit about Larry King. I mean, I uh, I think it's important we have that little background information on him because now when we mention these people, I mean, you'll at least be aware of their existence. Yeah. And uh, that's another really cool thing I liked about the conspiracy of silence was that. To me, it put a face to a lot of the names. Uh, like John DeCamp, you see him. Like Larry King, you see him. Yeah. Paul Benassi, Troy Bonner, Boner. They're all like in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Carol Stilt or Stitt, whatever her fuck, Carol. 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 She's in it. Uh, so, like, you get to see a lot of the people. And I don't know, it shows a lot. I mean, they're talking about this stuff and they're clearly believing what they say and i mean these are people in the workforce doing their job and i don't know it just makes you think so another thing that i and well myself and jake think that you should be aware of it's me too because honestly thinking about it we brought this up like before we started this and it was like how have we never brought this up yet and i mean i think well I don't know. What do you think? We bring, save Bohemian Grove for later, or what are you thinking? It's really up to you. You think? It, I say let's fucking do it. Yeah, I think it fits here. I say let's fucking do it. I think it's time for Bohemian Grove. So you might have heard me mention Bohemian Grove a moment ago, right? Let me pull that up. It's a 2,700-acre campground uh, located at 20601 Bohemian Avenue in Monte Rio, California. Uh, it is belonged to a private gentleman's <laughs> club named the Bohemian Club. All right. Uh, the Bohemian Club in and of itself is one of the secret society people, uh, similar to a skull and bones, if you will. Any rhapsodies around these? Um, it was established in 1878. And uh, they have exact coordinates here if you're interested in coordinates. But... <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. Anyways... Um, Essentially what happens here is in mid-July of every year, they host a, on average it's about two weeks, sometimes it's more, they give like what they call like a gentleman's retreat, where it's that all these like trouble. very rich, high-ranking individuals are flown into the forest of Bohemian Grove, and they all just hang out. And you might think that's bullshit, like... Yeah, I heard about that. Alex Jones like broke into there in two thousand. It's like, I you know I I don't care if you don't believe it. It is legitimate. You yeah. can look into it. It's real. Um, funny enough, during the Watergate scandal, when Richard Nixon's phone records were you know made public for the media, he is actually on a declassified phone call talking about Bohemian Grove and how he will never go back there because he has some very few choice words about the people that are there that I will not be saying on this show. What, were they really that choice? Um, The F word for gay people. Oh, okay, yeah, don't say that. Yeah, I... I that's, not a, that's not a good one. I don't really feel cool saying it on the show or really in person. Good, So right. I didn't want to repeat it, but you know what the word is. I just I mean, didn't know. We all know what the word is now, right? Let's we move it. on. Let's move on. But, uh, yeah, so Richard Nixon, one of our presidents, said that about uh, the people that attend Bohemian Grove, that they are that very specific word. And he actually goes on to say that he will never shake hands with anyone from San Francisco, for that matter, for the very same reason. 
Now, take into account, this was, this was a different know, like, time, you know? This is a different time. Like, he's doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know? But... Bohemian Grove, uh, it is real, and no one truly can tell you what happens there, only because uh, I don't know anyone that's been there, and if I do, they're definitely not fucking telling me, okay? They're uh, yeah. not telling me. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you have to be a little suspect of it, am I right? I mean, kind of what's the point? Just all the most powerful people in the world ever go into place for a few weeks. Yeah, and I mean... Hanging out, what are they... What are they, what are they doing? I mean, let me okay, let me give you the breakdown of what it it is, okay? So they have the Grove stage. Uh that's an amphitheater with seating for 2000 people. Uh it's they have something called the Grove Play Production where they do live theatrics for people at Bohemian Grove. See, I'm just immediately thinking like Castrati's and like old like Shakespeare and just weirdness. Well, on the last weekend of the retreat uh, the stage actually extends up into the hillside, and that is where it is home to the second largest outdoor pipe organ in the world. Well, that sounds lovely. That... Yeah. Then they have the Field Circle, which is a bowl-shaped amphitheater, uh, and they use this for, like, musicals and comedy routines, things like that. Like, cool. They call them low jinks, not high jinks, you know, because it's lowbrow. They're a bunch of I rich hated twats. That. Like, that what do you expect? It's <laughs> terrible. Um, then they have the campfire circle, self fucking explanatory. If you don't know what that is, it's just yeah. look up what a fucking campfire is. I mean, um, you already said. Then they have the museum stage, which is a half outdoor, half indoor venue, and this is for talking, uh, things like that. If they're going to give a speech, things of that nature. Ah, uh, yes, talking. Then they have the clubhouse, which was. Div- uh, designed by Bernard Maybeck in 1903, and uh, this is where they kind of hold all their meetings, you know? Dude, it sounds like just a bunch of different places for them to get together and listen to one guy talk about something, but what the hell are they talking well, about? Well, at the very clubhouse, do you know what happened at that clubhouse? Well, what happened? In the year 1942, they held the Manhattan Project, Manhattan <laughs> Project meeting there. So oh. they decided to create a nuclear weapon in Bohemian Grove. Well, isn't that fun? Then, so is that... They just like plan out. How often do they do this every year? Yeah, every it's like they just like man. I wonder what the plan was for this year. Monsters. They just plan out the year in in terms of catastrophes throughout. Okay. Um. Now this is where it gets juicy, and this is where all the information. This is where it does. The Owl Shrine and the Lake. Moloch. Fucking Moloch. Moloch. Um. There was an artificial lake created in the interior of the grove. It was dug out and filled with water so that they could have a little lake. That's fun. Um, That's nice. And every day at noon, they hold a concert there. Uh, the venue is called the Cremation of Care. <laughs> um, at noon? That sounds so intense. Or no, I'm sorry. That is the play that takes place there is Cremation of Care. I apologize. Still, I read that incorrectly. Even so, every at noon, Jesus. Um, they and then at twelve thirty every day they gather around the lake and they talk policy. They talk shop. They talk shop. They talk talk they shop. Talk shop. Talk they talk shop. shop. Um, yeah. 
then they actually fly in uh, speakers, uh, and that can include astronauts, business leaders, cabinet officers, CIA agency directors, future presidents, and former presidents are invited to speak and participate in these lakeside talks. What about current presidents? Has that ever been a thing? Um, I'm you know I'm not sure because I remember there being something about. George W. Bush at Bohemian Grove. Like during his presidency? But no, I, I want to say it was like 2008, like oh. right after. So I don't know. I'm sure they go there, but they're probably not like yeah, yeah, keynote yeah. speakers. Yeah, you know? yeah, it makes sense. Um, So the Bohemian Grove, what they do, the Bohemian Club has a private contract with ex-military people, and they patrol the grounds 24-7 year-round. So even though it's only used for that two weeks in the summer, it's year-round security. Um, anyone that's not a member is escorted off the site. Uh, I'm sure someone, uh, you're going to get shot. I'm sure escort yeah. means shot. I feel like people would be way more scared to try to break into Bohemian Grove than they would be to storm Area 51. Yeah, realistically. Um, so what happened, uh, in 1980, Rick Kloger, uh, he snuck into Bohemian Grove uh, with the help of one of the employees, uh, the security team. Nice. Helped him sneak in. Uh, he did the first official report uh, on Bohemian Grove in 1981. Then, obviously, you know, like Alex Jones, he got in in 2000. Uh, that was July 15th of 2000. He snuck in. And uh, he videotaped some shit. And whether you like him or not, footage is pretty real. That is pretty crazy that he did that. Legit. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, again, it's funny that this is the first time we bring it up. How did we blow past Moloch? Because I don't know, man. Moloch fucking Jesus. Within the man-made lake in the center of the property, the Owl Shrine is there. And the Owl Shrine is Moloch. And they pray to the deity Moloch. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking strange. And what does the deity Moloch do? Was he, he's just an owl. I'm gonna, i got to be honest with you, that's more in Mitch's department. Mitch, can you enlighten us and our listeners about Moloch here? Can you uh, do Malk. that? Uh, well, from, Absolutely not. From I know. my it. research, I, know. I, I really don't think, well, from what I remember, because uh, I researched this a while ago, uh, Moloch really isn't uh, like a god, because like, they say it was like a Babylonian god that you'd sacrifice your children to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily true when you, you know, when historians actually, you know, have done research on this and uh, have just kind of used, I'm can't, I'm trying to remember here, Moloch. Because I, I know in the Bible, Moloch is like a demon, but I don't think he was ever like a Babylonian god. But that's how they portray him with all the, you know, conspiracy theories. And you know, with you know, with Alex Jones and the cremation of care and all that. No, I yeah, I get that. I actually just looked it up, and you're kind of on the right track. He's a Canaanite god. Oh. Okay. And uh, yeah, he pretty much sacrifices children through fire and war. Wow. And he is represented as a a tall idol figure with features of an owl and a bull's head. A bull's head, really. And. Funny enough, this kind of circles back. If you didn't pick this up already, I'm telling you here now, you're going to know some dirty details. What's that? What are you talking about? What are you doing? The Franklin cover-up is part one of a very vast series on pedophilia, essentially. 
and we're going to get into Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Pizzagate, things like that. We're going to really dive into those eventually as well. Yeah, but as you could probably tell, it's still unfolding with the oh, yeah. with the Maxwell still uh, court proceedings going on. Names are coming out really slowly, so it's kind of in real time that we're yeah all figuring this out. And we're keeping up to date on that. But um, the reason I bring all that up is because there's actually a lot of uh, reports. I mean, I don't know how legitimate these reports are. Um, but if people associated with that in these sex rings where people mention, uh, statues of owls, uh, bull's heads, things like that, that are located within the scenes of these supposed crimes. Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting. It's the connections here. You know, everything here is about connecting the dots to one another. You know, what's kind of uh, super sad about, uh, Moloch going mm-hmm. on with all the association with this kind of thing. He's a badass-looking fucking thing. He is a crazy-looking thing, but uh, he uh, his name is just chanted endlessly in the last part of uh, Howl by Alec Ginsberg, my favorite poet, who was also part of NAMBLA. So it's all coming together in a terrible picture in my mind of my favorite poet, but he wrote oh, yeah. some good stuff. Um, uh, he was probably a terrible, terrible man. I think that's something... That's why I just wanted to get that out there. That is something important to talk about here because, especially in the time, I mean, we're just talking about that, like the Maxwell case, all these things with Epstein, things like that. Names are going to come out, and whether you believe them or not, it's, I think personally, for our own sake of culture, if you will, here in the West, it's kind of, we're going to have to separate some of the art from the artist in this scenario. Yeah, it's, because it's a weird time. I mean, it's no secret. If you look into these things like we do, a big name that comes up that we'll get into at a, at a later date, obviously not today, is Tom Hanks. And I had this conversation last night. Tom Hanks? And the thing is, let's just play with me here. Say it's real, okay? Say it's real. Tom Hanks is a pedophile. He's part of this group. He does all these things. He moved to Greece. I don't. I don't necessarily think that you can't enjoy his films. I mean, you can't say Forrest Gump isn't good. You know, it's like, it's one of the, it's a very hard line to make. And especially in the time we live in now where a lot of this is going to come out. I mean, you, you got to think of it like this. If you're going to give up on people like that, or like, I can never watch, you know, Toy Story again. It, it's hard, man. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in this. I mean, it sucks. It's not just Hunter S. Thompson, you know what I mean? Like, oh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, or what, the Bill Murray version, like, where the buffalo roam. It's like, it's like oh, yes, the uh, snuff film maker as portrayed by Johnny Depp. Yeah, and it's like, you know what, like, at a certain point, you have to kind of separate that. I mean, I know it's hard, and it's not easy to say to people, especially, like, victims of the cases. I mean, yeah, uh... look at, like, Michael Jackson. Like, I totally understand where they come from. Like... The victims that are like, I can't listen to his music. I just can't. Like, I, I completely empathize with that, and that's fine. But I don't think, you, as as a whole, we need to shun their existence from the scene because you have to take into account like the knowledge we had at the time. You know, we had to, we have to understand that at the time that these people were famous or doing these things that are you know prominent, we didn't have this information. We can't base it off of that. My opinion. That's what's tough about now, because, you know, everyone's dirty laundry is just out there for anyone to see. And it's it's like that with everyone, you know. But with 
when you're a public figure, that's that's going to be uh, especially the case. Well, and it, so, I mean, it's hard. You'll never get yeah, rid of that. It's not stigma. like it's not like back in the day where it's like no one, you know. Like, how long did it take for people to find out that, like, J. Edgar Hoover was, like, a gay cross-dresser? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like or, you can't mitigate just, what he's done. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, examples from history. No, I, I feel that. I mean, I think, I, I mean, just another, like, recent example is, like, Kevin Spacey. What he did was terrible. The guy's a monster. He should be in prison. But if you watch that movie Seven, find me a guy who would play a better John Doe. I mean, like, I'm not saying let the guy out of jail or let him back in Hollywood. I'm just saying this movie's 20 years old. Just appreciate it for what it is and where it is in time and history, you know? That's my opinion. I'm not telling you that's what you have to do. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. And I think it's good to mention it in this episode because, I mean, in the Franklin cover-up specifically, it won't be, you know, people that you might know or admire but well, it could be. I, I don't know you. I mean, it's going to turn into that eventually, you know. And I think we all just kind of need to be aware that nobody's a good person, and it sucks. No, exactly. And some people are terrible people. I mean, yeah, it it's weird. I mean, think of recently. I mean, this is one that I've kind of been sitting on a lot, just thumbing over in my mind. Will Smith. Um. His name gets thrown around uh, uh, yes. in the Epstein flight logs, in the names and pictures, in photos and videos. People are mentioning him and his connections to the sex ring. And almost spontaneously, immediately after all of this is kind of coming out and circulating the Internet, it's completely stuffed down the drain by him and his wife having marital problems and her cheating on him. Yeah, just it just so happened that she wanted her husband on the show to have a really hard talk with him, right? And about like this thing. So now there's all this fucking love for Will Smith and like all this sympathy in the media. So it just it it uh, it pushes the bad press all the way down to the bottom of the Google page. No, exactly. And we're gonna see a lot of this uh, in the coming episodes about the suppression of information through either false information entirely or like misleading information. And it's something that continues to this day, even if it's not on a crazy grand scale. Maybe it is a coincidence. Maybe I'm looking into this Will Smith thing too much. But to quote Mouthy Buddha from YouTube, I'm giving him a free plug here. Uh, how many Watch coincidences does it take until it becomes mathematically impossible? And the question is a lot less than you think. Yeah, definitely watch Mouthy Buddha on YouTube. That's his channel. He has a series called Pedogate. Uh, and, well, the first part got taken down. It's still the, on YouTube. It's just not on his channel. Yeah, you can find it. There's, like, bootleg versions. Yeah, uh, but there's part two, and part three just came out, and part three is fantastic. No, part three, I mean, it, it's astonishing. There's really no other way to say it. Yeah, I'd say out of out of all of, like, the conspiracy theories when it comes to like, you know, child, uh, you know, sex rings and all this stuff with, you know, people in the higher echelons of society. Uh, he definitely does the best job. Probably oh, the, most, the most reasonable, probably the most thorough. Like, he does his own investigation using different, uh, like, search engines and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, he even in Part 3, I mean, he reaches out to individuals and does interviews and, like, collects information 
he he kicks it up a notch, man. He really does he, good like, work. He contacted lawyers to see what he could and couldn't like place in it to like actually make sure that he was being taken off YouTube for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm within the guidelines completely. And yeah, so that pedogate, uh, that's a repeatigate, as he says with Peter his Gate. accent. That's a very, very, very good, uh, very good documentary. Um, another good one that is, if you prowl the internet like I do, uh, you're probably going to run across some people in this specific world, this pedophile conspiracy world, uh, that'll mention Out of Shadows. That's another good one uh, with the ex-Hollywood stuntman. That yeah, one was really that good. that one was crazy. Um, and then just a, a fair warning, the other one, is, it's super interesting. Uh, the Fall of Cabal. However, that one is... Uh, it's it's uh, QAnon. Um, so it's very preachy, uh, very pro-Donald Trump. There are some really strange parts at the end yeah, they, <laughs> when they talk about Donald they, Trump. Uh, they use a lot of liberty in uh, their information yeah, sharing. Yeah. However, uh, you if you really do watch it, uh, I guarantee you you'll find something that interests you about it or even makes you like question. But that one... Points are made... Some of them are good, some of them are not. You can yeah. decide for yourself. I'm not going to like throw that one out there as have to watch it, but just be cautious yeah. if you do watch it. Yeah, really. Yeah, because you know, everyone knows Donald Trump and Epstein had a friendship at one point in time. Oh, exactly. And it's There's like, no that's gonna, that. But he's just as suspect as everyone else. Right. You know? QAnon, or the certain members of QAnon are very pro-Trump and will defend him regardless. Yeah. So you have to deal with that, but... Uh, that those are probably like the big ones that go around, uh, especially like on Reddit, like the conspiracy subreddits, yeah, yeah. things like that. Uh, you'll find a lot of recommendations for those documentaries. And uh, yeah, this week, Pedogate uh, by Mouthy Buddha has been like a huge one, and uh, we watched it, and it was it was fucking awesome. I mean, when it comes to info, yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, it was the, very the thorough. Content isn't the like, content's oh, terrible. We're not we're not you know. It's just it's very eye opening and it. It makes you question things, and it's it not does, like it preachy. Does. You know, it it keeps it real. I think it's he's really base about things, and very unbiased. What honestly, kind of what my hope is. I mean, I know this is like a a big pipe dream here, but when you look into the Franklin cover up, I mean, it the, the information is not readily available to you. Not at all. It's not. I mean, even for like the novice, you know, internet searchers. I mean, you're not going to find this. You'll find a Wikipedia page that's maybe a thousand Dude, words. I when we first said we were just like, all right, we're gonna do the Franklin cover up. I looked up the Wikipedia page. It is, it it fits on my phone. There's no scrolling. Yeah, it, no, it's like it's maybe so a thousand small. thousand it's words. It's just like yeah, it was something ultimately uh, proved wrong. Yeah, says Wikipedia, and I'm and like, what the fuck? I <laughs> that's all to, that was there. I want to throw this out there because if you are still a fan of this show, that means that you think similar to us in a slight way. In a way. Whether you want to admit that or not, we're similarly minded, so congrats with that. Yeah. Um, avoid Google at all costs. Um, Get the book. I've learned, No, not even in this case. I mean, in general, Google is not good for the interest of this show because when you look something up, like if you Google the Franklin cover-up, the first maybe page and a half of the Google results are going to be like news articles from the 80s and 90s about it that aren't going to give you the answers because they were written at the time of question. Uh, or websites supposedly debunking the entire case. Snopes. Or Amazon. You're just going to get things like that. I personally use DuckDuckGill. 
uh, you still get these things, but you they really weed out a lot of the ads, and they kind of cut to just like legitimate things. I mean, they put you on forums from the night like the mid nineties where people are discussing information. I mean, they send you to a lot of cool places. Oh, it's nice. And so if you're especially with this, like the child sex rings, things like that, uh, you're not going to get these answers on Google. You're going to have to try DuckDuckGo or what's the Russian YouTube or Russian Google? Oh, what is it? Uh, I don't necessarily recommend it because I don't use that, but yeah. I know a lot of people in this like world that we look into, uh, they swear by it, so... It, Google is not good. It's it's very censored to what they want you to hear. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's back to like that. My hope is that we can cover this topic in a very, very dense way to where all of the information's out there. And, like, there's other podcasts and other, you know, clips and videos about the Franklin cover-up, but they really do not give you all the information. They ver- they cherry-pick everything that you they want you yeah. to hear. Yeah, and it probably not necessarily in a bad way. I think it's because it's such a deep topic. They make it digestible, so we decided to make it as undigestible as possible. No, exactly by spreading it out into many, many episodes. It's like we about want very you guys, intense and depressing topics. We want <laughs> we want you guys out there to hear this and like know about it. Yeah, because it's important and, and it does happen, and people don't. Exactly, realize. and we're a lot doing of people it don't even think because we're going to shift into the present day situations that are similar. But before we get into speculative stuff, we're going to tell you about the Franklin cover up, which is real. Yeah. So you know that this is a thing that can happen and does happen. So when we get into the speculation, that's not so hard to understand. We're going kind of just going over the history. We hope to not repeat. Yeah, in pretty the near much. Future and it's kind of sad. I mean. You look up these people. I mean, even on YouTube, you can't find the right interviews. You have to, like, search and search. Like, it took me... I was on YouTube probably 90 minutes before I found, like, something good to watch about this. Because I flipped through a bunch of shit that was just nothing. It was just base information off, like, Google. It was like, oh, yeah, I was in Omaha, Nebraska, and, you know, this kid was killed, and uh, Larry King was guilty. It's like... But you didn't answer any question about it's it. Like, was there any punctuation me. in that sentence? And, yeah, I think we're just kind of, I'm glad, if you guys are still listening to this, I'm glad you stuck around. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Because this is a good segue episode, because we don't, we like to take our little off weeks, especially after hard topics. Yeah. But this the, this topic does not deserve an we, off week. We couldn't really de- deter from the main point no. we just kind of wanted to do it in a lighter way yeah. which even i was saying this earlier it, even this being the lighter of the episodes on this topic is still one of our most brutal topic wise episodes oh yeah oh it's, yeah it, so but now you have yeah, get ready for that in the coming long time now you have a little bit of base knowledge on some of the players involved in this i mean there's other people, but Lawrence King, I mean, he's the kingpin. Yeah. I mean, a lot more will come out as we keep going with this. But. Lawrence King's track record is like, you know, a congressman, uh, you know, a general manager of a credit union, a pimp, a drug dealer, a rapist, uh, an embezzler. He, he's got a big rap sheet, all yeah. right? And, like, at least you're a little bit more aware of who he is as a person. And then some of the well-known, more well-known victims, I should say, because... I mean, there's countless victims, but some of the key players that helped bring this to the light. Yeah, yeah. 
Um. So yeah, with all that being said, eat, digest this episode. Just do it. Because next week is going to be a gut punch again. And this was... You're going to need some Tums. This was still a punch, but not a gut punch. You know, it was just like a slap. This was like... Like a... Uh, it was like a wet... Like a, I don't know, you got hit with a full-size water balloon. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Uh, but no, it'll, we'll be back to the gut punching just data and like boom 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 that's what happened yeah but i i kind of hope that this worked out uh at, for the listener i mean i'm gonna tell you this you know if this was something you like give us an email if you enjoyed this kind of like lighter topic coverage where you get the information but it's not so vivid yeah if, the, if you will if you like the hey let's break it down um but yeah i mean it it's just a little experiment for us because i mean you do a not, I'm not saying you need to pity us here, but you got to understand that. <laughs> what what do you we, say? What are you? What are you leading up to? I'll I'll tell you this. I spent 26 hours this week researching the Franklin cover-up. You're just trying to make me look bad on air, is what it is. What no, it's because I really have nothing else to do. You have like a job. I just I read. The podcast is my job, so I just. Well, read. That's good. That's good. But I did that, and it's like it's. We need a break, too. Like, more so than you guys. We put it on you and say it's for you, but we really just need a, like, mental break. No, yeah, we're doing this this. one early so we can probably get some fried food and watch meme compilations or something. Yeah. We need a a little little ginger for this uh, wasabi. And it it shapes the way you watch it. Last night, I turned down the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I'm watching it, and like, like Will in the Smith back was of my on head, the flight logs. In the back of my head, I'm like Ashley Banks. I'm like in this show, what she's maybe 16. Like this is not good. Like she, they have her all like makeuped up and like bra and like ass hanging out. I'm like, oh god. Like you just start picking up on these things, and you can't escape it because it it's everywhere. And it's just like, it's hard. It's very hard, and it's nice to have a little mental break from uh, terrible respite. details of crimes that should never be committed. But, uh, yeah, there's some more. Ins- some, I'm just being honest with you. I'm playing yeah. the card for you. What's, some good, what's a good thing we could say at the end? I mean, a good thing we can say, if you're going to take away, do you mean in this instance or just in general? Just to jo- anything good, just to, on a good note. Um, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, I can't think of anything. Is there really that much good <laughs> stuff going on right now? I mean, um, I, for me personally, uh, movie, movie theaters opened back up. That's terrible. People are going to get sick. So, you know, I'm kind of interested because like, I drove by the theater again today. Yeah. And there were maybe like 10 cars. And like, I think it would be really cool because like, some of the movies they show are like old. It was like The Wizard of Oz they were playing at one point. It's like. I don't know. That'd be cool to like see a, like an old classic movie in a theater, especially now when you know there's going to be what maybe six people in there max. It, it's just like a cool little you know gamble. You're right. Yeah. It's. A, I mean, yeah, it's a risk with you know COVID and all that. But I mean, if you're willing to take that risk, I think it could be a really cool thing. Like, can you imagine if like Jaws was in theaters? It's like hiking the Rockies, you know. It's it would be really cool, but it's a risk. Yeah, you could die. I mean, I'm, dude, I hiked the Rockies one time. It was awesome. But dude, I mean, just think I like died. I could have died. I'm not a huge Jaws fan. It's kind of slow paced for my you know attention span. Well, it was Georgie's favorite movie. But 
if that movie, if they played that again in theaters, I would 100% go see it. Because I think... Oh, yeah, you got to. Do like, you get the theater experience of a classic movie like that? Yeah, like, that would be really cool to actually do. And, I mean, I don't know. It's something, like, I want to see how it plays out a little bit, but it's not something I would be opposed to doing because I think it'd be fucking cool. Yeah, but Grant, Steven Spielberg, didn't he direct that movie? Yeah. He's a pedophile. Well, Why can't, yeah. I, we were trying to do the good thing at the end, Mitch, not to bring it full <laughs> circle. Like it's, That was the joke. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe some... I uh, hate that. That's funny. Isn't it sad that when you ask, like, what's some good news that happened in the world, the best I can come up with is movie theaters are open? Like, that's the best <laughs> I got. It's like our love for our escape from reality... <laughs> In movies. That's literally the best yeah, I yeah. have. I have nothing else it's, to offer. It's the weekend, so that's pretty awesome for you know us uh, nine to fivers, you know. Yeah, but that's not. What about the people that work weekends? It's like terrible me, for them. I work every weekend, every day. It's good for some, <laughs> bad for others. You know, it's like it's. Fuck you, Mitchell. I'm giving. I'm giving uh, some uh, some happiness to those people. Hey man, they're if you my help, people. If they're you my can... people. If you can make one per- you know what I really hope what? is that someone listens to this on Monday and they're on their way to work and they're like, oh, it's Friday, 9 to 5, and their day is just ruined even more because they're like, fuck you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. You're not dedicated. But What? <laughs> You're just making rapid accusations of these people's like work ethics? But yeah. You're all beautiful. I wouldn't say... They're listening. Yes, they are. What you... It's not that the world is bad, necessarily. It's just that everything we see about it is bad. So to find the good news, you really got to search. And that's kind of sad, but it's true. And uh, that's why I have no good news for you. I really don't. Um, I guess that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, hold on. It's how you look at it, you know? You got to look at the positives. Look at the things that you're grateful for in life. Yeah, that's all I got. It's say. a personal thing, you know. Yeah, it is personal. I guess you gotta you gotta make your own happiness. I mean, hey, just my advice is uh, don't let your kids go out alone after watching this. If you got kids, <laughs> eh, just don't have kids. We already have a population problem. But yeah, with all that being said, uh, you know, follow us on everything. Yeah, that's Jake's we line. We're starting cold. Follow us on all the shit. That's Grant. I'm Jake. Mitch was here also. He always is, right? Also, uh, so we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Libsyn, and Patreon. There's a link below. Yes, there is. Uh, we know? have all the goods. Uh, we are starting a cult. Um, believe it or not, uh, if you're into that world, we're actually breaking into the Reddit scene as well. And by breaking <laughs> into that, I mean we're, we just have an account. That's really all we've done. We're the hot new pod on the scene. But yeah. I, if that's more your speed, <laughs> we're on there too. Yeah, and we we're are ready. starting a yeah. cult. So we'll, we're, we're, there, we're there. We're everywhere. We're we're branding. We're getting everywhere. We're getting places. Uh, tell your friends to listen to this show. Different websites. Uh, even if they hate it, lie to them and tell them it's about something else so they listen to it. Yeah. Um, and the ne- if you do that, I can promise you. The next time you take out your garbage, you'll uh, have a great night. That I can guarantee. What? If you share this podcast with at least two friends or family members of and yours. And you're giving them chores to do? Yeah, if you do that, well, everyone has to take out the garbage. Um, I I don't know. When you do I don't know how people live. The next laborious task that you have to do on a weekend will bring you nothing but joy because you've shared the word of the cult. 
So just do that. Oh, yeah, please. you're right. Um, yeah, with all that being said, we're done. We'll be back. Okay, yeah, bye. We love you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.